Nike doesn't have to, it can still get employees. But if you'll go to their job posting sites, you'll see that that's front and center. So let's get back on the horse. All right, ready to rumbo? Rumbo. Move forward. People talking business. Duval, how's it going? Good, check out. How are you? Um, I'm fine. You don't sound amazing today. No, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm good. Retired? Uh, no, no. Is that the thing Re- you didn't sleep well? Retired, I'm just, you know, I'm too young to, for that. <laughs> hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of our great podcast, Forward. Ideas and thoughts to take your business, team, and self forward. So, what we're going to talk about today, Yuval? I think that's around hiring, isn't it? Yeah, today is about the hiring part, one of the biggest components in a business. So we're going to talk about the hiring process and... Really, today, there's a lot of pressure on an employer to attract talents and retain them better. And if you're not doing those things well, you have astronomical costs. So in this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, the challenges around hiring, especially for frontline um, and, and skilled employee businesses. Then what the hiring process must include, how to better sell your company, which is a big component here, to better attract talents, and how do company culture and hiring goes hand in hand. And then we will give tools and tips on how to establish a hiring process that attracts talent and prevents turnover from our experience beautiful let's get started all right so first thing first let's talk about the challenges and some facts around hiring so i think number one is to understand in hiring you have few key personas and each of those personas has their own kind of challenges so for one when you're hiring you should think about the employee as your customer in that sense right you are catering to those employees you need to create the traffic for people to come to you and then you need to have a process in place that actually serves your goals and we'll talk more about that later the other side of that is the hiring manager or hr the people involved in the hiring process within inside your organization those folks that are involved in that process they need to be very very sharp about what they do it seems easy right you come you ask questions and you decide whether that person is relevant or not but it's not that simple you need to have a very very structured process you need to think about things just like you do in marketing it's a funnel how many people submitted their cvs how many people actually got to the interview how do i judge people with inside the interview sometimes you want them to do all kind of things to check their capabilities until we decide it's the right hire and even then we're not sure we got the right person it usually take two to three months until you understand if you got the right person in place so considering those two perspectives the candidate perspective and the recruiter perspective are both very very important for a successful hiring process absolutely but not every business has a recruiter right or an HR function so let's even if we take the smaller companies 30 employees 50 employees when the business owner kind of takes control of everything I think one of the biggest challenges here is if you're not nailing the hiring process properly and you're bringing in people that are not the best fit for your company and it's even more important in an early stage so really creating a damage for your company for the culture and the costs will be astronomical yeah 100%. If you have the wrong employee in place, they can do a lot of damage. And I think this is one key takeaway for small businesses or small business owners. If you know that you want to hire and you want to dedicate that to the next person, remember it's a profession like anything else. 
You wouldn't let them make coffee without teaching them about the machine. Don't let them hire without teaching them how to hire properly and how to set expectations about what hiring should look like. Exactly. And would you like to start from the perspective of the employee maybe before we transition to the perspective of the employer? Would that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. But just to give, maybe to drop one number, which is important. For new positions, it takes an average of 36 days to fill. And we're talking about more established companies for smaller companies, medium-sized companies, it might take even longer. So you really want to be sharp in this process, like you said, because the numbers are against you. Yeah, and at the end, it's a numbers game. Like when we'll talk about the funnel of how you actually recruit, we can dive deeper into that. But I actually want to step into the shoes of the candidate. Mm. Okay, so I'm the candidate. I decided I want to start searching for a job. First, you need to understand me and my mindset so you can be relevant for me. So where can I find you? You know, if you're a big brand like Starbucks or McDonald's or whomever, I know you exist. That's very, very easy. If you're not listed there, then you need to find ways to pop up. So there are all kinds of digital billboards for uh, new positions, such as Indeed, such as LinkedIn, a lot of different platforms out there that could be very, very useful to get that attention of employees. You may know that, but one of the biggest lead potential that you can get from is your actual current employees. They also have this friend, this other student that is working with them, that other persona that they can bring into the table. So... Point number one is generating that lead flow into the recruiting process. Okay, so saying that's a challenge to kind of generate this lead flow. Exactly. It's a challenge for me as the employer. And for me to do a better job on it, I need to understand who my employees are and where I can potentially find them. Got it. So another, another challenge is to be in the candidate's shoes and understand where they are and how can I attract them from the places that they look for jobs. Exactly. Okay. And, and if I'm a small coffee shop... Should I use, I mean, LinkedIn, it's not really the place for me. So maybe not necessarily LinkedIn, but something like Indeed could also work for coffee shops based on regional searches and things like that. But, you know, you have the obvious things. You put the you put a small sign saying, hey, guys, we're looking for someone to join. If you want, drop us a note. You can make that a little bit more digital if you want, you know, put a QR code, let people submit their info so you can get in touch with them. Really depends on kind of the nature of your business. Many times for small coffee shops, it's just like one-to-one type of persona. Yeah, and I think you're really touching on a big challenge here. Like you said, how to attract people and make your business attractive, right? So even if you're like a corner coffee shop, you still want to attract people. So you want to make an environment in a workspace that will resonate outside in a way that it's a place that it's fun to work, that the service is great, the product is good. That can be done through many channels, social media, these platforms that you mentioned, and even the workers themselves. Yeah, and even more than that, usually in a coffee shop, I used to be your customer before I came to be your employee. And if I got a a good experience, or if I think that's something that could work for me, I could try and ask myself, hey, do I want to work here? That makes sense for me. So that's definitely useful. But different industries face different challenges, right? At a retail shop, you're not necessarily a potential buyer when you come to join the store. So if you're owning a small retail shop, it could be potential customers. It could be a sign. It could be a digital uh, posting that kind of brought people to you. But like you say, it's when I'm coming to apply for the job, there is my mindset as an employee of what am I looking for? What's important for me? What I expect from a business to provide with. I would like to drop a little uh, quote that says hiring the wrong people is the fastest way to undermine a sustainable business. Hmm. So that's why it's so important. And given the fact that 70% of the job seekers find this process very, very stressful. And I think that's also one of the challenges that for them is stressful, like you said, on their shoes, they find it stressful. And 
that really makes you, you need to invest in the process to make it good, fluent, not stressful for them. So then you can keep the good talents that are the best fit for your company. 100%. It's not just about recruiting right. It's about recruiting the right person in the right way. Okay, so now let's move on to what the hiring process must include. That's a big one. Um, must include. That's a very good question. Maybe um, first, how many stages? Because we said... Uh, so let, let's talk it out together. Yeah. So you start by finding the right persona, right? They submit something somewhere, whether it's face-to-face yeah. or via some kind of interface. At the end, there is a CV arriving at your door. Mm-hmm. By the way, there are cool CVs today where they can record themselves and do different things. Usually less relevant for the small businesses. But, yeah, but step number like- one... It's a good idea if there's there are free platforms out there. Why not? Yeah, I mean, if if your if your entire process is face to face, you're a single a recruiting manager, usually being the owner, then you usually won't take you know those tours to to use other platforms. But step number one in any case is submitting your CV, right? Saying who am I, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that by itself can teach us quite a lot. All right. So for a business owner or HR manager, whoever's in charge of that, step number one create a place where people can hand or submit CVs so you can screen them. Exactly. That's the first step of our funnel. Second step of our funnel is for us to screen through those CVs. So we basically need to have our rules or kind of what do we find relevant, what we think is interesting, what we think is a good indicator for what's to come, what we think is a bad indicator for what's to come, because we're probably not going to meet all those people. By the way, a good rule of thumb is if you're trying to interview every single person that submitted a CV, you're probably compromising on the upper part of the funnel, like on that first step. You're not getting enough traction, and that almost always guarantees that you won't hire the right people. You need to have traffic in order to find the good quality people that you want to have for the Mm. job. In my opinion, actually, it's better to be easier on the trigger when saying no to a CV rather than yes. I don't think it's just your opinion. I think it's proven to hire the wrong employee can have a very negative impact as opposed to keep on hiring to the point where you're finding the right employee, which could have a tremendous impact. Absolutely. So that's a fact. So and we especially said, when you're bootstrapping and you're just growing your business. Yeah. And you rely on every person, right? If I'm a six people business, every single individual, they're felt when they're not there. They're felt when they're not getting, yep. doing a good job. So submitting the CVs, screening through the CVs. Yep. And then there is the um, process of interviewing. And that could change from one business to the next. But the guidelines remain the same all across. It could be a single interview. It could be a 10 steps interview like Amazon or Google are doing. But the bottom line remains is that you need to basically look at two main items. One is professional and the other one is cultural. Professional would be if you're a barista, I would like to know that you can make coffee. I would like to know that you have good service sense. I would like to know how I'm testing all those things. Cultural would be, can I trust you? Do you think you're going to be a dedicated employee? Will you work and execute your job well? So it's more in the nature type of things that we're experiencing. So we're always looking for those two buckets and there are different ways for each business and each mindset to evaluate what are those traits that we're looking for in an individual. Exactly. And in terms of culture, it's it's really about your culture. So you need to be able to define those elements that are a must 100%. to get someone in culture-wise. Though some of them will overlap a lot between businesses, right? We, most of us will look for that person who is in an executioner mindset, who is good at providing services, assuming you do provide services and an employee trustworthiness. I would say no ego. So, you know, there will be no scenes with them. 
And those are qualities that are hard to find. They're not always that straightforward. But obviously, you can build a lot of different things on top of it based on your specific nature of organization. And maybe also client-facing or client-service, because most of the employees out there actually... They're client-facing. Yeah, yeah. In many businesses, that is exactly the case. It really depends on the nature of your yeah. business, right? If I'm a construction employee, probably the level of service I provide is not as important. So we talked about the part of interviewing, and there are different shapes and forms how they can, that can happen. I always recommend doing that face-to-face because there is a lot of subtext that you capture, sometimes by intuition, when you're sitting in front of a person as opposed to when hopping on a Zoom call or something of that nature. Okay, so just to sum it up until now, we have stage one, a place where people can submit their CV, right? In person or via platform. Number two, a way for you to screen those CVs and easily filter out what's not relevant. And step three is an interview, I guess. It's the actual interviewing process. It could be a single meeting. It could be, I don't know, three, nine, 10 meetings, depending on exactly what you're doing, where we're focusing both on the professional aspect and on the cultural aspect. What would be the maximum in your opinion? I really think it's uh, business dependent and role dependent. If I'm hiring a store manager, obviously I would like to look into things much more in details, whether, you know, I'm just hiring another waiter, which could be a relatively easy decision for me. I've done that multiple times in the past but i think from a candidate point of view probably having a process of up to two hours three hours is probably top in terms of leveling expectations for some specific roles that can go much higher than that but all in all i think that's a good benchmark of having a interview process of anywhere between 30 minutes for let's call it more junior roles to an hour and a half to some mid-level roles and to three hours, which would usually be split into two different meetings for more senior roles. But it really depends on what you need to find out. Maybe you can find it out in 45 minutes and you know you don't need three hours. Maybe you would like to have six hours, but you're trying to kind of narrow that down to three hours to level expectations with your candidates. I agree. And also, I think for, let's say, uh, skilled employees, I would invest still in, in another mini stage in, before you bring someone in for an interview, a face-to-face interview to test their, I don't know, barista skills or whatnot, maybe to give them a 30-minute phone call if you're the owner or a manager, just to really understand what they're looking for and also some like basic information yep. uh, for how long you're looking to be in this role. Uh, what do you do right now? You're a student and so on. So you can get the fill-in if they can be here for a bit of a long term. Yeah, so you're touching on something called the qualification step that many times go into the actual interviewing step, but it could be a five minutes phone call, right? Just to talk to someone, to see their vibe, to get a little bit of their background on a very high level at this point, just to see we're not wasting each other's time. That's definitely recommended as part of that interviewing process. Now, on top of that, after you've done all those things, there's always the last part, right? When you notify someone, whether they passed and are now going to get a contract or not, or they didn't. In both ways, the ability to communicate it right is extremely important. Why is it important? Okay, if they passed, you want them to start as soon as possible, it makes sense. But if not? You have your own employee brand, okay? People will be talking about you, whether they're working for you or not working for you, just like your customers, right? If I'm a happy customer, you're going to get, I'm going to spread the word. If I'm a miserable customer, I'm going to spread the word. It's the same with your employees. If I had a good experience with you, I'm probably going to tell my friends. If I had a bad experience with you, 
I'm probably going to tell my friends. Either way, whatever impression you made, that's going to funnel through onwards to the rest of the team. So you want to make sure that you're doing it right. And here it's really a numbers game, but it's also a lot around the ability to filter right. The more you'll do it, it's like a muscle, right? The more you do it, the better you become at it. And that's why it's so hard to teach hiring. So if there's a Let's say you grew, right? You were a 10 people business and you made all the hiring and now you're opening a second location and just hire your first store manager. And now they should start doing their own hiring. I strongly recommend you'll sit with them in the first couple of interviews just to see that you're on the same page, just to level expectations about how the hiring process should look like. Because remember that the hiring process is the filter for everything that happens afterwards. Absolutely. And someone smart once told me, treat employees and candidates like customers. So if you give bad customer service, they will pass it on. And also today, it's very easy to spread the word through many recruitment platforms. So it doesn't matter your size, whatever you do, treat your candidates with respect, be respectful of their time. And my advice is from a stage to another, make it 48 hours max to give someone a reply. Do the effort, call them. If Even if you decline them, that's fine. And then you'll get the good reviews or at least no negative reviews. Super agree. Maybe one last thing about hiring, and we kind of mentioned it on the go. So we said that during the interviewing process itself, you're looking for two main aspects, right? The professional aspect and the cultural aspect. I think that when you... Which one is more important, by the way? There is no more important. Both of them are extremely important. If one of them is not in the right place, it's not going to work out and it's going to do damage for the business. You know, someone is not that professional, but super good fit uh, culture-wise or the opposite. Even if I'm the most motivated barista, but I'm making a shitty coffee and <laughs> no one would want to drink it and my customers are not going to get a good experience. Even if I'm the best barista in the world and I'm making the best coffee to the exact level, exact temperature, exact everything, if I didn't smile when I gave you the coffee or if I treated you rudely, it's not going to help. So you need both elements either way. The last element is when you're hiring managers you need to look for managerial mindset and experience. That's extremely important. Because remember, when you're hiring a manager, you're not just hiring a good employee. You're hiring a good employee that will train the rest of your team, that will lead the rest of the team. So you you should be looking for those leadership skills there. Absolutely. And I also think that culture is a bit more important than the profession itself because you can teach someone how to do the profession if they have the basics, of course. But culture is not something that you can teach. And you don't want to teach that, right? It's I uh, can relate upon to our that. moms or something. Mm-hmm. I can relate. So next thing, how we can better sell our company. Some of this process of the hiring process is really about selling your company. It's like you said, the power shift from an employee market to an employer's, right? It works both ways, depending on the period. I think we're actually now going to shift more towards employer's market yeah. as opposed to employee market. It really changes all the time, depending on the market dynamics. In either way, if you want that big point of starting the funnel, right? You want those numbers coming in. You want people to want to come to you. And that's all about how you market yourself, how you brand yourself as an employer. Those things are extremely important. So I think the most important thing is basically how your own employees speak about you, maybe employees and customers. So that's very much about your brand, about who you are. It connects a lot to the last episode that we did about the culture, the way we behave, the the way we perform, the way we interact with each other. Those things funnel through. On top of that, there is your presence right? So we talked about all those different billboards. There's all social media today. If your business runs social media, it makes sense to have something that is also compelling for people from the outside that could be interesting. 
And then there's, of course, the opportunity to advocate for that new job that you're printing out. Where are you going to put it? How are you going to make it out there? That's extremely important as well. The more exposure you get, obviously, the more leads you okay. can potentially have. So how to better sell your company? I think one thing that you said is, first of all, employee advocacy, right? So treat your employees well, and then you can hire better talents. I think the game is really about hiring talents and It's employee advocacy and it's also creating an environment that I want to be part of. It's the two of them. What about leveling expectations? So that's as part of the process usually. It's very, very important. By the way, not just for being you know, a strong uh, brand out there that people won't want to join to, but also to get the right candidates. Leveling expectations is where you really communicate what the job is all about, what you expect from them. Like try to minimize the level of unknowns as much as you can. Sometimes, especially small businesses that are having a hard time to hire, they wouldn't tell the full truth at day one. And that usually comes back to bite you in the sense that people are later surprised or disappointed or frustrated and they either resign or they're doing a poor job. So you don't want to be in that position. Leveling expectations early on is a good key for success. And if it's not the right person for you, you'll see it throughout their response. You'll tell early on and you will avoid hiring the wrong person. Okay, so if I want to, you know, put a frame of how, how to level expectations, what would it include? What... I must say and show, and what should I avoid? So usually that, by the way, comes in two places, right? If you use a job description on a digital website, you actually list down the things you expect them to do. We don't always do that in small businesses, so it really differs. But it can also happen on the actual interview. So you brought the person into the store, you did a 30 minutes interview with them. Keep those five minutes at the end where you can reflect to them about how you perceive the job, what they should expect in terms of how their day-to-day -day, um, is going to look like, what onboarding would look like, what's important for you, what success would look like in the first month. All those different things create a very clear image for the candidate on what's coming next. And the better job you'll do at putting all those scary things early on, the less surprised they will be. And the less surprised they are, the more likely they are to succeed and to be happy in what they're doing. And I think if to bring it to more practice, I would also include what the role includes and what is not. That's also important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what would be their development? How long would it take to get a promotion? I think we should talk about all of that or give them the room to ask those questions. And because we talked about these recruitment sites, right, where they can go and check about employers and the recruitment process and so on. I think one key step in selling your company in the best way is go to these websites and see what people are saying about your company. Then improve from there. I agree. I think that's a great tip. By the way, not just on your own company, but on other folks you perceive as competitors. See what people like there, what people like less. It's true for customers. It's true for employees. Absolutely. One question that came to mind, company culture and hiring goes hand in hand, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. First and foremost, it's in the experience. It can come all the way from how you write your job description. It doesn't have to be straightforward job description. You can put some humor there. You can put things that reflect on who you guys are. But more than that, it's how you behave, you know, throughout that process. Do I give you a response quickly? I respect your time. When I'm doing the interview, am I also thinking about what you care about? And I give you the room to see all those different things. So all the things that you appreciate in your culture that you probably thought about because you already listened to our previous episode, you can now bring them into play in terms of how you engage with the employee, how you tell them they were accepted, how you tell them they were rejected. So both of those things are extremely important. But does the actual company culture affect the hiring process? It would be harder to attract talents 
if your company culture is not healthy? If you're looking at different stages, there are all kinds of things, right? For day one, it's how do I even bring people. If I don't have a healthy culture, people wouldn't want to come work for me unless they don't know it. But yeah. they'll figure out quite soon, then they won't want to stay. I think because then you rely only on the, the CV that are submitted, right? And not on friends, word of mouth, and all these things that we talked about. Yeah. That company culture can bring in. I think it's a combination, right? It's one thing, how do I feel when I step into your store or location or business? And the other thing is the people around you, how they talk about you, how... You know, one of the key things I used to do as, as a waiter early on at my youth was to ask other people, do you like working here? What do you like about this place? What you don't like about this place? So, you know, they talk the truth. They tell you what they think. And if they like you, they'll say it. And if they don't like you, they'll say it. So I think the company cultures comes into play, one, on the environment, two, in how people are speaking about you, three, in the experience I'm getting from you throughout that recruitment process, and four... It is reflected in the actual filtering mechanism that you're putting in place if you're doing hiring right, if you're taking cultural thinking into that hiring process. I agree. And I had a nice conversation with Charlie Mellish, which is a director at Reese Mellish Hotel Management in the UK. Not a commercial, though. No, 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 not a commercial. We just had a, <laughs> a conversation. The Independent Hotel Show in London, which is not a commercial again. Um, but he said uh, very important things. He reflected company culture on the hiring process. And he said that if you treat your employees well, today, there's a, uh, like you said, the market is open. If someone doesn't like their job, maybe a few years ago, they say, okay, I'll give it a shot. But today they say, okay, I'll just go to the next place down the road and I'll do job hopping. I yeah. don't need you anymore. And what he's doing in his company is he's really investing in the culture and the way to retain these talents. Mm -hmm. So he understands that if someone is not satisfied with his pay, that's fine. You can have a conversation. If mm -hmm. you have a problem, they urge them to talk with their managers to talk about the problem, to increase this company culture with transparency, conversations, employee that they can get a bit more pay if that will keep them in. And he sees a significant results in the hiring process. because mm -hmm. their employees are happier they bring in more employees their friends and more happier employees because yeah, they sense. see that's a good place to be in yeah yeah it makes perfect sense right people speak about what they love and about what they hate exactly by the way one other thing that i think worth mentioning is that and you talked a little about that right in terms of what's my landscape where can i go to from here what's my development career etc it connects a lot to who we are right what's my vision what's my mission statement who i want to be so we can be you know we're a shop we're serving coffee we're looking for happy people and it could be look this is this business is my dream for years And I'm now bringing it into fruition and I, you know, I get excited when I see people happy drinking our coffee in the morning. So it's really important for me that we'll all share the same energy um, when we're going that way. And one day we're going to be bigger than Starbucks, but it will take some time to get there. And I want the people that want to be the next Starbucks with me. So that's a different pitch, right? That's a different experience for the employee. And naturally, employees that are really quality employees, they want to be part of something bigger, something that can help them grow, something they can make grow. Beautiful. And even at least something that has a proper why. So we talked about it last episode. And also, it's important for this case. You need, first of all, to define your why. And then 
you need to pitch it to the employees to the candidates yep. right tell them why are you here where you want to go where are you heading uh, we could see last episode about Nike that almost 70% of candidates they went for Nike because of their vision and the statement of where they want to yeah. be so if you start small that's still a tactic that you should put in place all right now let's talk a little bit about practical tools and tips um, on how to establish a hiring process that attracts talents and prevents turnover so one again is to start with that funnel that we talked about and make sure you're covered on all bases right you have the system in place to get those CVs and to screen them you have your process of what you're looking for you pre-thought about it the professional part the cultural part and if relevant the managerial part and you have all those questions in front of you so you're following the script in a way so should you have a script for an interview It really depends on you and your character. I like it when I have a few notes that I brought with me. It's not like I'm reading from those notes all the time, but it is a reminder for me to make sure I covered all the different bases. And it really helps me out. So I have those key questions that I like to ask that help me identify the things that I really care about. But what's important is not necessarily having those notes inside the meeting. It's sitting down, you know, finding those 20 minutes in your busy schedule and thinking, really, what are the qualities, what are the things that I should be looking for, and how in an interview I'm going to ask for those things. So I think that's very, very, very useful. And how they contribute the maybe bigger picture, the vision of the business. Like they must come along with where you want to be, and then you ask who I want to hire that will be the best fit for where I want to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And by the way, in different steps of the company, that may say different things. When you're a five-people business or 25-people business, the next hire is not the same hire okay so that, that's something that you should definitely ask yourself and you should reflect how can we establish a, a strong employer brand so number one is my culture what you do is who you are behave in a way that will make people talk about you positively and people being your employees your colleagues and your customers okay that's one of the most important things and obviously there is the actual brand work you can create your presence in social you can kind of spread the words about what you do in different places you can try and get uh, press coverage but those things are usually more relevant for bigger and bigger businesses even though today with the tools you've got you can create a really nice presence very very early on motivating customers to post things tagging other folks that are involved with your activity but you can create that social presence that really helps yeah i think that's a must i mean hey social is available for everybody open an instagram page that's free put your employees there let them post stories or whatnot put your store in there or whatever what your business might do that's just a reflection of what you do the culture and then people they are looking actively in social media yeah 90 of candidates are looking on social media for jobs yeah 100 What would be better to get CVs from a platform or to try and get a referral program? So a referral program from people you trust is in nine out of 10 cases most preferable for the key reason that first it comes with a recommendation, right? If someone refers someone to you, they've spoken about the workplace, they've spoken about their own experience and they found it positive to invite their friends. So that usually would work better. Plus, people usually hang out with people that are somewhat similar to them. So if you like the employee that brought the referral, it's not a necessity, like it's not 100% accurate, but it's a good reasoning to believe that that person coming through is probably made of a similar material. Yeah, and I think the odds are better. The odds are better. better If you look at statistics, and that's across the board, hiring from word of mouth is about... 30 to 40 percent more efficient than hiring based on a pure CV basis. 
should you encourage employees to be fair friends by giving them incentives? Well, that's a question I got asked a few times by now. I'll give you the two approaches, okay? And by the way, we at our company, we don't do it. There's no bonus referrals. Why? Because we want people to really bring people they want to work with and that they care about and not to be incentivized by the bonus. So bonus can I think deflect that's, it. I want to stop uh, for a sec because I think that's really important. A lot of companies do provide incentives for people to bring in friends, but then you have an incentive. Yeah, you, you can see people at Facebook and Google working in HR, even though they're developers, right? They're trying to bring those five, six extra yeah. new developers just to get the bonus. Exactly. I think that kind of, you know, that's a radical example of some, how something like that can lose direction. And, you know, sometimes it works. And Facebook trusts their recruitment process and they say, I don't care because I hired those extra six folks. Good for them. I personally think that when someone recommends someone, if they like their job and if they think they're doing something well and if they want to have friends with them, they're going to recommend the job. So it's right. really depending on kind of how you're structured. But I will say that referral bonuses work. They create an incentive for people to ask themselves, who do I want to bring to work so I can make the extra buck or the extra incentive, whatever that may be. I so I'm I not against it, but you should really judge it for your own business and ask yourself, do I really need it? Can I incentivize my team without giving an actual incentive? Can I talk to them and get recommendations from them? If the answer is no, so sometimes having that incentive to make them go the extra mile could make sense. I think actually that you should avoid incentives. And you should invest in the culture. So if you invest in, I don't know, like a day together somewhere or like activities together or whatnot, and you bring people together, you create a good friendship like Starbucks do. And also here, a lot of people, I think most of our company, they love their job. Yeah. They love the company. They love the people. Yeah. And if you love it and you talk about it like that outside, you want to bring people in and you want to bring good people in yeah. not to ruin the environment and the culture that we have today. So I think this, we can see it in practice. It's way stronger than to give somebody a tablet for bringing in just a CV. I think it's true. I will say that it's much more meaningful in customer facing roles. You know, if you're a coffee shop or a retail shop, it's probably more substantial the type of people you're bringing in in terms of character as opposed to an operational business. But if I'm an HVAC person and I'm interacting with the customer, the interaction is not as high as it would be in retail. The customer service is important, very important, but it's on a lower dose than it is on a retail uh, store where you're facing customers all day long and that's what convinced them to buy things, right? But I think you should make the judgment call for your business. I, I wouldn't go radically either way. I can tell you that for our business, it makes a lot of sense not to use bonus incentives. Other businesses may think differently, and that could work really, really well. I know businesses that grew very fast due to those incentives in a positive manner. Right. So uh, tip number one, have a social presence and enhance your employer brand. Doesn't matter your size. Tip number two think about incentives but mostly create a company culture that would make people want to bring their friends in from word of mouth and tip number three i want to ask you we talked about you need to create a job post you need to put yourself out there for candidates to read how to write a good job post beautiful so a good job post is a selling post right 
I would recommend usually starting with a, a short about us. It doesn't have to be called about us, but that's the gist of it, which talks a little bit about our mission, our vision, where we're going to, etc. Then it usually transitions to the role itself. What would be expected of you? That's the leveling expectations part. You can expect to do this and that. You are going to, this is what your week is going to look like, etc., etc. So just to stop a bit on, on the first phrase. So you say, put your mission, right? What's your role in this world? What you aim to achieve? What is the company's role? What's your vision? All that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to the emotional part in me, explaining why you're a good company and why you have a big vision and why you have a big mission and why should I want to be part of it? How do you... phrase this uh, first paragraph how today do we go about job descriptions you mean? yeah but especially the first phrase the mm. first paragraph because today's generation we don't really have patience to read everything right and we need a strong hook in order to continue reading or watching something 100%. what would you put in this very first phrase so i think the opening should always be a short explanation about you guys and the short should be like three to four sentences But maybe the one thing that I would like to emphasize right after that would be, and this role is all about this and this, you in the company. Then usually the second part would be a little bit about the job description itself, right? That's why we call it the job description. This is what you can expect in your role. This is the leveling expectation part that we talked about before, right? So you're going to do this and this, and this is what a week looks like, and um, your responsibility are going to be A, B, and C. And lastly, there are qualifications, which is also a filtering mechanism. In other words, you're saying, don't bother me unless you check all those different boxes, or this is another form of leveling expectation in the sense of we expect the people that are coming, knocking on on doors, check those different boxes. And there you can say, what are the musts? And what are the uh, preferable uh, qualities? For example, I'm hiring a waiter, must have at least two years of waitering experience in the so-and-so industry, as opposed to preferably worked in a, a, a customer-facing role before, right? You see the difference. Now, the combination of those things give you the full job description, but remember what you've just said, right? Find those things that you want to emphasize. So if you don't really read through things, but you just skim through, you get the gist of it and you're excited. I agree. And also something that I like to do is on the very beginning, you put the why, the mission and all that. That's really selling your company or the value proposition. And then you put what would be the role in a short sentence, but as someone is already in the role in your company. So as my company's barista, you will be doing this, this and that and be responsible to this, this and that. And by the way, one of the best tips there is just go and look at other people's job postings. You'll see that they've thought about it and they refine a lot of different things and just pick and choose what you think is right for you. It will save you a lot of time. Absolutely. All right. Next tip, what to say in an interview or what not to say? <laughs> so first, there are things you're not allowed to say and you should be familiar with them. It really depends on the geography. For example, in some places, you're not allowed to ask about someone's religion or their age or whether they are parents or not. So you should be aware with local laws and compliance just to make sure you're not doing anything that is outside of the law. But in terms of the questions, it really connects to the thing that we had before on what are the professional things that I'm looking for? What are the cultural things that I'm looking for? And do I, am I looking for managerial experience? And some of those questions. So usually a job, is interview, a, a, a job interview starts with by, tell me about you, Shaked, right? And then you start telling your story. By the way, people are going directly to their CVs when you say, Tell me about yourself. Yeah, that's Maybe true. Maybe you want to plan a question that will avoid talking about the CV and direct them more for personal things. So what I like... like what do you care about? What's your vision? 
if you would stuck on an island, what would you do? What- so we can talk about, you know, fun questions. Some of the questions that I like to ask to kind of understand the character of the person in front of me is like, is there a person, a manager that you've encountered over the years or even someone at your school that you really appreciate? And if so, why? Right? It tells you a lot about what that person is looking for, what they care about. It, it kind of helps you better understand the character. Or tell me about a project that you're very proud of. It doesn't have to be work-related, especially if you're recruiting junior people that don't have that much experience. But you'll see in what passion they're talking about things and how much they're into details that will really give you a nice insight into what's going on with that individual and what they're excited about. But I think if, if you want to break the ice a little bit and to get a bit of the personality, I like to ask things like if you would go to a, a coffee with whoever you want, whatever famous person that you like, dead or alive, who would it be? Albert Einstein. Thank Perfect. you for asking. So now I get something about your personality. Yeah. I can ask you, oh, Albert Einstein, why? Because he's a smart, funny guy and I like this type of people. Perfect. And now we can go to the CV and talk about professional things and yeah, all that. for sure. No, 100%. And by the way, I think what you tried to say, the underlying message here is people come stressful to interviews. Yeah. I think it's like 75%, you know, would self-testify that they're extremely stressed before an interview. And that makes a lot of sense. Like someone is testing you basically. So breaking the ice early on, smiling, having a good vibe will help both the candidate and yourself. The candidate would feel more welcome and you'll see a more true candidate than if they're super stressed, right? Just so, like dating. Just like Seriously. dating, yeah. Exactly the same thing. <laughs> but I think really important is what is important for the role and kind of segueing back from that to what questions can I ask that will help me understand that? I'll give an example. If I want to know you're a hardworking type of person, I want to see that in your history somewhere. It doesn't have to be even in the workplace, but maybe you took that extra courses at school. Maybe you were in the basketball team. Maybe you did something else that shows me excellence and hard work. So I will search for that in whatever I'm asking you to see the evidence that you're going to be a hardworking individual because that's really important for me in that role. That process of what am I looking for? How am I going to recognize it? What are the questions that I'm asking is extremely important to make an efficient interview process. What would be the balance between how much you speak and they speak? I would say that 50-50 as a good place where I'm saving that 50% is also comprised of those last five minutes you're speaking, right? So throughout most of the interview, it's mostly you asking questions. And I actually think it's good to interrupt people because sometimes people would, you know, they would segue into things that are not necessarily super relevant and you want to be, you don't want to spend too much time in the interview, but you don't want to do it in a disrespectful way. So I think jumping in within an interview could be relatively legit, much more in a regular conversation because you need to navigate it the right way. But most of the time, the candidate should be answering key questions with the exceptions of at the beginning where they just, you know, they tell their story in a way and the ending when you tell your story. I like to take it more to 60-40, just to give them a bit more uh, yeah. to talk. Good thing you didn't say 52-48, but fine, I'm, <laughs> I'll flow with the 60-40. Okay, next question, open or closed questions? So 99% of the cases, open questions. Um, there could be that 1% where you just want to get the answer and you can ask a closed question. Give an example. So you worked three years at that previous place, right? Yes. You want to hear why? No. 
I just wanted to know <laughs> okay. you worked three years there. That's why I didn't ask it about like, tell me about your work in that previous way. So you oh, were why there did you years, work right? there for three years? Yeah. Something that I like to look at as well is to ask open questions about, you know, you can go over the CV and say, oh, I can see that you work here and there. Tell me about this company. Tell me about this role. But I like to dig deeper into why did you choose this role? Why did you leave? Tell me about something exciting that was in this specific role in this company. So then you can hear a bit more about the culture aspects rather than just professional kind of things. Yeah, and I think that you should also pick a lot from between the lines and how people talk about things and how they talk about their previous workplace, their previous manager, their colleagues, etc. You can also ask context questions, right? I was a waiter at, okay, what was the size of the team? When did you join? What was your responsibility? What were the actual things that you've done? So kind of frame it into the place where you're looking at things from um, a relevancy standpoint. I've seen dozens of time people looking at a CV, super impressed. Ooh, we did this, this, and that. They must be a, a superman or a superwoman. But then it ends up that they're not really good at anything. They just were there for a really, really long time. So understanding the context, you know, if someone built a team or if someone joined a team, that's a completely different ballgame. They come with different experience. So understanding context is extremely important. And I also like to ask about the interaction within the team itself. So who do you appreciate most in the team? Why? How was, you know, working with that manager? What did you like about it most? I would always start with the positive things. Okay, beautiful. And what was harder for you in working with them? Okay, great. All those things help me paint the picture about who you are, what you care about, how you're being driven, etc., etc. Should you compromise? Interviewing is a full-time job. It's so hard. It takes so many resources until you get to the right person. That many times along the way, just like riding a marathon, you want to give up. If you're giving up, you're going to pay the price. And it's going to be so much harder than, you know, finding that right persona for you. Now, sometimes your back is against the wall and you have no alternatives, right? And then you have to compromise. For example, you just had three employees leave for whatever reason. And now you can't open the shop because you don't have enough people and you need to work 24-7. You probably need to close the gap. But bear in mind that if you compromise, it's probably not going to be a long-term hire. So you're paying a price on it. So you really need to justify yourself very, very well. Any type of compromise around recruiting. What you can compromise on and what you can't. That's for you to say. But I will say that there are some red lines. So we talked before on the cultural thing. There are always gaps, right? We're different people at the end. If there are big cultural gaps, for example, if you don't think you can trust that person, don't hire them. It would never work. It would never fly. If your gut feeling doesn't feel right about this person, should you trust it? So I am a very strong supportive of gut feelings. I think that's one of the best tools that we have to make a decision, even when it's hard for you to articulate. It's your mind and body telling you something that you cannot yet pronounce, but you already understand within yourself. That's how I think yep. about it. So I think you should trust it. Having said that, the bigger the operation is, the more recruiting managers you have, the less you want gut feeling involved and the more you want processes to be structured and well-maintained and well-managed. But if you're a single recruiting manager or in a small business or you're a couple of recruiting managers in a small business, gut feeling is usually one of your best tools. I agree. And my rule of thumb is you better say no and regret rather than saying yes and regret. For sure. The cost of mistake is just too high. So, you like always... You want to wrap it up with a quote, don't you? Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. quotes. And guess... Who is going to be today? I'm guessing Simon Sinek, but that's written yeah. on screen. So that maybe that's the reason. <laughs> that's true. Well, I'm, I'm not a Simon Sin Sinek freak. Just uh, he has good quotes on hiring and company culture. So uh, do you want to read that? 
If you hire people just because they can do a job, they'll work for your money. But if you hire people who believe in what you believe, they'll work for you with blood and sweat and tears. Something from our producer, maybe a song about hiring or belief or vision. Don't stop.